Now we're both recording. Now we're both recording. Okay. Hello, Hello, sister. All right, you would totally love this. Episode six. Six. Coming down in three. Six. Six. Three, two, one. Nell, strangely, it's like I've been talking to you this whole time. It's, it's like nothing has changed. Like a like a time warp, a COVID time warp. <laughs> oh, time has no meaning anymore. Uh, <laughs> welcome to you would totally love this um, episode six, um, where we are sharing things we love with the other that we think the other will love. Again, not a competition. This is things things we legitimately feel the other person would love. Um, we are brother and sister. Theoretically, we should know each other really well. To and know what another person would love. Time. Sometimes. But obviously, as you grow older, you grow apart, your distance. Obviously, we're on Zoom, so there may be things that you like that I'm like, wow, I had no clue that you would enjoy that. Like, not but, everything is my cousin and Benny, you know. Which is phenomenal. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, but we are discussing, uh, we don't have to do, you would totally love this or my cousin Benny, because we both love that. It How would, can you not? And also, everyone would totally love that. I mean, <laughs> If you don't, you, you just, yeah. So uh, this is uh, Parks and Rec that I am sharing with you. Parks and Rec that I love. Parks and Rec that you never got into. And I think watching the first season again, I think I, it's easy to see why you didn't get into it. And frankly, I, I question why we stuck with it as long as we did. Well, and you were saying, I think in the last episode, that that viewership was going down. I was like, yeah, I could totally, totally. see that. Yeah. We're not... Um, Continue, continue with this one, too. Uh, but again, it had already been picked up for season two. Lucky uh, And I don't think that it ever really was a ratings buster, but it was just steady. Uh-huh. For the entirety of the series. And it's just a cult. You know, people love it. Um, right. Either, right. You're either in or you're out. Right. So this episode is called A Rock Show. Um, it's it's last episode of the season. Last episode of season one. And it, I, I have to, It's interesting. This one, there is a lot to unpack. In this episode, I yes. feel like it's it's a there was a lot of development with a lot of different characters. Yeah, they really tried to. I feel like they realized the errors of their ways a little bit and really tried to just jam it in like a tiny refrigerator that couldn't fit <laughs> all the food. <laughs> well, actually, to give the well, actually, a moment, um, the Michael Schur has has been quoted about episode six where he said, if you look at the first six episodes they are together almost like a pilot where you could see them figuring things out and this didn't work and we're going to change it this way and modify it this way and this episode he believes and um amy polar believes and i'll be curious to see if you believe was the one where they really broke away from the office mold and became parks and rec and became like you this is the episode other than a few characters who didn't really have like Ron Swanson really wasn't a part of this episode. He, he was just happy to be with a woman out in public. He was like, right. Yeah. Um, so you really don't know him yet. Like you, obviously season two and beyond, then he becomes a, a focal point. Um, but the other characters, you could really see some development and see them setting up season two and beyond. Yeah. That's, so and was, also the tone, you're right. The tone shifted. It, even though it had lots of funny moments, it shifted much more to kind of 
it almost had like an indie rom-com feel to it. You know, it's like all these people out on the town, what's going to happen? Who's going to hook up with whom? Um, you know, she's having a bad date. Uh, and no, and there, there weren't any really extended jokes except for the band name kind of, um, it, it, it felt much more natural. It did. Even, like, it did. Her on, and also she was a lot, again, I like when Leslie's smart. Right, um, yes. And not smart, but like not stupid. And right. on, the, on the date, she was much more, she was the every woman we felt with her. We were like, oh my God, why, yeah. is she, why did her mom set her up on this? Whereas usually, or in the previous episode, I wanted nothing to do with her. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't know right. what decisions you're making. You're, this is ridiculous. And that's when you were like, oh, I feel you. Right. You could totally feel her. Yeah. Um, um, so we'll just get to the plot real quick. So um, Andy finally gets his cast off. Oh, yeah. Um, a very funny scene to show all the things that were in his cast. So but cute. only on the right leg, not in the left leg, which is interesting. Also, um, remember tiny little air pot or whatever, the little music players? Yeah. <laughs> and they get smaller and smaller. But I thought, wow, I used to have one of those. And it held like 10 songs. Um, so they have a celebration party at City Hall and Anne announces that Andy's band is going to be performing that night Leslie says oh man I can't go because I have this um, this work meeting this strategic thing uh, dinner meeting that her mom set up with someone that she feels is going to help her push the park project forward which again like you know for Leslie everything is about the park that is her that's her goal throughout I like that um so then uh, later, we, Anne is telling um, people in the hospital about the before Andy's band, and she finds out that Andy could have gotten his casts off two weeks earlier. And she is obviously not happy about that because she has been waiting on him hand and foot. Um, so Les, then we cut to Leslie. Her dinner uh, meeting is actually a date with a man who is much older than, than she is. And I thought those it's jokes so were, nice. to your point about the subtle, those jokes were so subtle and so great when he said, you know, the, the kids were really hurt by the divorce. Not my kids, they're older, the grandkids. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then later he's showing her pictures of his two sons and he said, oh, here's my older one. You know, he's a lot like you. And here's my younger one. He's about your age. And I was like, oh, that's so good. Those were fantastic. He was great. That guy was great. And his little interview asides where he's like, I think it's going really, he, yeah. he's, he was very funny. He made me laugh. He was. And apparently um, he was the husband of like one of the casting directors. <laughs> That's uh, so funny. You wonder how he got that job, a little nepotism. <laughs> but, but he was very well cast. It was perfect couch. for him. Beautifully. <laughs> um, so then uh, at the bar, um, Andy is setting up. He goes through the band names, um, which, you know, again, it would. It, it, that went, it oh, that went just like one beat too long. I was like, come on, people. <laughs> it, yeah, probably. And that's, I, I will say that, well, I'm giving stuff away. That is a recurring theme where you'll see. They do stuff like that later on. Got it. Where people have like different names for things where it's just that quick cut, quick cut, quick cut. Um, apparently half of those were written, half were improvised and they just quick cut through. Apparently he, during the, he did like 200 takes with 200 oh different God. names and then they took what they thought were the best. I do think uh, it's strange that, and I know you said that he eventually becomes just a character, but so, there is so much real estate time being spent on him especially yeah. in this episode and he's just a guest guest star it's very strange like even emotionally they they're really kind of obsessed with him you know what I mean? in terms of the yeah. camera i'm like why are we why are we following this guy um so it's interesting that they thought 
that he was just going to be temporary. Yeah, I mean, obviously they must have thought that he was going to be it's weird because again, Ron Swanson, um, Retta, Jerry, you know, all these people, Donna, who we, you know, they, all these characters who become bigger parts later on are just kind of there at this point. I mean, maybe it was a money thing where they couldn't afford another full cast member so that they build them as a guest star to not spend as much money. I don't, I mean, it, it is kind of strange. Or maybe it was because, yeah, or maybe with the six episodes, they weren't sure if he was going to be able to come back. Uh, or if he wanted to come back. So, yeah, it is yeah. it is interesting. Um, so, anyway, he's setting up with his band. Anne shows up. She's obviously very upset. Andy recognizes that she's very upset, but he has no idea why, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. Um, so, uh, Mark then shows up at the bar. Everyone has a partner except for Mark. And he's yeah, going, Mark oh. suddenly became such a, a likable, sad little man. <laughs> And he's also feeling a little bummed because his big accomplishment working in government was to lower a, a speed bump by two that inches. That was funny. That was very funny. And he's feeling very just bummed that that's literally what he can measure in his his work, you know, job performance on. And that um, was which uh, my that was my not my favorite, but um, I love when they really lean into the kind of nitty gritty civic work, and and when you. In in the end, when you really get a sense of like why he went into government work in the first place, um, yeah, that's that's when I really started to, to to feel for him. Oh, hello. Yes. <laughs> he had some opinions too. Um, no, I really, I just really, I started to like them as government workers too. You know, I'm like, oh, because it's 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 interesting to, I mean, the just the utter disappointment of having big, whether it's urban planning or, or, you know, social works or whatever it is. And then you go into government and you're like, wow, I got that street sign changed. You right. know? <laughs> and that's hilarious. Cause it's so darkly funny. You know, <laughs> like, I got a, a, a yield changed to a stop sign. And <laughs> exactly. that's literally my accomplishment for the year. But it also is interesting because then you look at Leslie who is in the same boat. I mean, she obviously is incredibly excited about all the things she's going to accomplish, but she has never lost that excitement. Right. And that Mark is like, he's been beaten down. Yeah. Right. You really love Leslie for her tenacity as somebody. Yeah. And, And also just the fact that that is her magic that in order in government, in order to get anything done, you kind of have to be blindly stupidly going forward. Right. Um, not stupid in the way that, Sometimes she is, but, but just kind of like, I'm going to do this. Right. doesn't matter. You just have to, you have to be just excited all the time right. about the work that you're doing, even if the work is moving at a snail's pace. Exactly. Um, so then at the bar, um, the band starts playing. Um, Mark actually approaches Anne and kind of lets her know that he's into her. Um, and she completely rebuffs him because she's angry at Andy, which makes total sense. Terrible timing on Mark's point. Um, also, you get a sense that maybe I'm wrong, but that Anne doesn't like, she's not into him. It's not, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that'll come back around. Okay, I, I can neither confirm. <laughs> Definitely comes that. back around. <laughs> Damn it. You saw through that subterfuge. Ah, I can't believe you broke my code. Uh, anyways, um, then Leslie, who's still on this date, and uh, her face when she realizes that it's a date and that she was set up on a date, just again, it's just him talking cameras focused on her and you just see her eyes just go, Oh, (laughs) 
They just see the soul leave her body. And it's just, it was great. Yeah, those those scenes really, really worked and they were perfectly timed. Um, And I also love how she got dressed up. I just love that Leslie will get dressed up Sex, she looks hot. She's like, you know, yeah, of her eye makeup is perfect. Her black dress, or whatever, was perfect. But that she'll get dressed up in order to push some like codes. Right. There. But right. if you actually sent her on like a date date, she would never be that hot. No, <laughs> because she's going to button up more for the date. Right. But for this, so she's all right. I'll I, I loved that detail. <laughs> Where you're just like, the other <laughs> funny thing was, and again, it shows Leslie being more aware and quick when her mom says, you know, Leslie, you're not getting any older, any younger. And she said, well, neither is he. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I liked her so much. I liked her a lot in this episode. Yeah. She, this, this, I do feel, and I feel like the reviews that I've read back me up on this. So this is where you see Leslie. Nope. Yeah. She feels like the heroine. Like she's, yeah, she's goofy. Sometimes it doesn't, but you, you're rooting for her. You like her. You, you kind of feel part of her. You, you, you feel that her goofiness comes from a constant state of excitement for the work that she's doing and not from a complete not understanding well, totally. of the world yeah. that she's in. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so um, Leslie um, is able to she's she <laughs> she thinks that she's getting out of the date to go to the band's performance. But the guy her date says, oh, I'll come with you. <laughs> So she and she's very open about the fact that uh, this, this is her date. When she gets to the bar, of course, Andy is wrapping up. His band wraps up as they get there and goes to speak to Andy. Andy, again, understanding that Anne's very upset with him, tries to stall and stay in the bar as long as he can because he feels that Anne won't yell at him in the bar with people around. Finally, she gets him. They go away. Everyone leaves except for uh, Leslie and Mark. Um, and they have... They sit down. They're having a couple of drinks together. Leslie points out that this is a, a very similar situation to when to five years ago when they hooked up and they were having drinks. Um, the bar. They close the bar. They go to the pit. And he, he initiates all. I mean, he's the one he initiates he's everything. He says, "Let's go to the pit." He gets some drinks. They go to the pit and they're kind of flirting and having fun. Meanwhile, uh, Anne is yelling at Andy for not having the cast off two weeks previously. Andy admits that yeah, he did it because he liked that Anne was waiting on him hand and foot to your point from the last episode of where do we see Anne thinking about her future and kicks him out of the house and says, you know, I got to think about this relationship. Um, I feel like it was the first time you see Anne kind of being a real person and not just, yeah, it was, except that I, again, I, I wasn't invested in her enough. To, of course I wanted him to kick her out, or her to kick him out and all that yeah. stuff. But I just, she always just seems to be okay. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, right. it's fine. Um, and I, I just wanted a little bit more from her of, so that I could be more, so that I could be angrier at him, you know, and really care. Yeah. She better kick him out. That's not yeah. okay. You know? Um, it is, yeah, there, it, she was angry, but not angry to where, putting it on myself, I would be angry. Like I would probably be yelling <laughs> at that point. Well, yeah, and never, I just never felt like her, going into the kitchen and getting him milk actually was being a problem in her life. You know what I mean? Like you don't really see her working hard as a nurse. I mean, she's a really, she works so hard. She takes care of everyone, but you never really feel that exhaustion. Um, I want to just the tattest bit where it's like, she makes it all look so easy, but it's actually not easy. You know what I mean? 
I mean, they tried a couple times when, like at the banquet, when she's leaving and she has to pick him up some sandwiches, you know, she like she has to go out of her way to do these things. But to your point, it's not like it's this she has to drive to another to Indianapolis to get something to come back to him. Right. Or she doesn't seem that annoyed or, you know, that tired or annoyed or. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, So meanwhile, Leslie and Mark are hanging out at the pit. They're having a good time. They're both a little drunk. Um, Mark leans in and kisses Leslie. Leslie actually says, no, you know what? I don't want to do it like this. Um, Again, to your point, you're seeing her as a a real person. You know, she's been talking about about this since the first episode. She gets this opportunity and she's like, no, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Mark is he's he stands up. He says, "I you know I got I'll get out of here." Falls into the pit. That fall was gets injured. Sound the sound. Andy, meanwhile, had been kicked out of the house. He sees Mark fall into the pit. He laughs, runs, and tells Anne, "Hey, Mark fell." In the pit. And Anne, a nurse, immediately grabs first aid kit, sprints, and Andy goes and jumps. I thought it was interesting to watch him jump over the couch. His legs oh. obviously fine. Right. <laughs> no issues with the legs. <laughs> To the point of, you know, yeah, he probably could have gotten them off. And then he's eating chips while ostensibly Anne is running off to see how. That was fascinating to me that they end, because I think it ends on him. Yeah. I'm like, wait, when did he become, I mean, I know that's kind of a coded joke, but it it wasn't really. It felt very much like you were in his, following him as if he were the main character. Yeah. Um, That was an interesting way to end it. Because first of all, I dislike him so much. Um, yeah, yeah it's just an interesting way to if, if if it had been like it cuts and then it just goes back to him like a little coda, then that would make more sense to me. But I was like, wait, why did they end on him? I don't care about him. He's a- and, and apparently the original script had him being horrified about Mark falling and running to help him. But Chris Pratt felt no, I don't. You know, he he felt that his character would actually think it was hilarious and get in. That did ring true, yeah. Which, yeah. But to your point, it is it is. They're focusing a lot on him again. I didn't remember this, but it's it's, looking back on it. It's weird that he has such a prominent role in the show, considering that later on it's really divided between Ron Swanson and Leslie and, and all these other characters where it's much more equal. Here, it's much more. It's much heavier on Andy than it is later on, which is interesting. interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. My favorite line was um, Tom is, I think he's winning, um, when he said, uh, This is my wife, Wendy. She's my age. <laughs> I, I killed me every time. <laughs> she, that, yeah. I enjoyed meeting his wife. I enjoyed that weird kind of dynamic um, just to see, just to get a sense of his home life. And that he's really like just this little puppy dog that has a, I think she's a surgeon or something. Yes. That, yeah, he's. And there's, and there's, yeah, I mean, we'll find out more about her, but again, you know, we're seeing him trying to be a player and trying to, you know, get with the ladies, but then he's married. So there's some, you know, there's some, some weirdness. I think the previous episode he said, he had said, or maybe one of these episodes, he said, she would be disappointed in me if I didn't try to have affairs or something like that, where he's just like always trying to impress everybody. (laughs) Mostly women. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. What is my favorite line? Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, I love the last scene of them on the the bench. They felt, or, or, or even when they were talking about urban planning, I really felt them connecting and, and also just connect, like I said before, connecting to their job, which I really like 
when they tap into that. Um, I don't know my favorite line. I think probably because this one felt much more, a little bit more like a, a real story in a drum and it wasn't so like all over the place. So in a good way, I was into what was happening with the characters and not as much focused on what they said or, you know, or like little, yeah. like, oh, wasn't that a funny moment? Um, it didn't feel like just being hit over the head by funny moments. Um, yeah. Uh, the interesting thing, so um, this one I did have online, did have information on the improvs. Most of the dialogue from the pit, um, Paul Schneider, Mark made it up. So the, the reactions that like most of the jokes he was telling about like you know the it, it is a trash can. There's you know, know. she was really laughing. He was yeah, it was real laughter because it was all just made up, um, which was yeah, really she interesting. Was, yeah, she was like belly belly laughing at the diaper yeah. and the yeah. Which I think again, I don't know. You know, they obviously I think improv. My guess is. Yeah, I, I would be interested to know if they had less improv earlier in episodes like one through four, one through five, mm-hmm. and where this one again, where this kind of hits, this kind of shows like this is what Parks and Rec is going to be. If then they realize, oh, it might be better to have more improv and let people react and just play that out rather than like scripting right, everything maybe, out. I, mean, I, I don't know how much they did that. Well, but maybe early on the improv was much more similar to like the, the band names, that kind of improv where it's like yeah. somebody riffing on their own in that kind of SNL way. Whereas yeah. this is, this is the kind of improv that I love, which is like two people having reacting to one another, trying to make each other laugh. Right. And it's so compelling to watch because yeah. she, you can just see how much joy she's having. And he's, she's really listening to him and he's really trying to like, specifically make her laugh, you know, and it's such a yeah. pleasure to watch. It's not, it's not improv in that way of like, I'm making the audience laugh. You know what I mean? Right. He's trying to make her right. laugh. And it's, it's, and I think those real moments that I think to me make Parks and Rec great because then it's, yeah, there's silliness and there's, but it's still, they're real people and you feel that they're real people again from this episode going forward, even if they say silly things and there's silly bits, part of it, you, they're, they're people you can relate to. You can totally relate to those moments. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you could even relate to the, the old man on the date. <laughs> you could. You could. And the fact that he was the one who said, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go on another date. There's just no chemistry. <laughs> like, you're not going to do much better than Leslie. Nope. What are you talking? Oh. Yeah, that was hilarious. So I love the fact that in this episode, she's she's like a catch she's she's smart and funny and everyone she's the one that everyone wants to be around and um uh she's confident but she's still you know completely myopically focused on getting her park um and so it's all the things that we love about leslie where it's just like she's gonna get that park man doesn't matter um but yet she's a she's somebody who's compelling and and people yeah people are uh, engaged by her in a way that makes them want to get the park with her. You know, she's, 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 um, has a power to her. And I like, I like that even when, even though she's goofy. And you can even see like, again, Mark having been set up as this guy who's just been beaten down by government work. It's not the life that he expected. And even he, you can see kind of getting behind, like, 
Leslie's going to do this. Like it's, I'm, 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 I'm here for the ride. I'm here for this. Like she's yeah. going to get it done and I'm, I'm going to be a part of this. And you could like hit her enthusiasm is infectious to the people around her. Even if it gets to be a little too much, sometimes they can't help but being like, we're going to get this done because she really wants to get it done. And you know, she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the show was written by Norm Hiscock and it was directed by co-creator Michael Schur. This was actually his first directorial experience. Interesting. Uh, this episode. Good job, Michael. Um, it aired on May 14th, 2009. It was viewed by 4.25 million people. Again, going down from steady decline. <laughs> um, and it also and it concluded the first season. Um, like I said, reviewers and Amy Poehler felt that this was, episode was the first time that the show broke from the mold of The Office and became its own show. Again, same setup with the camera, you know, the mm-hmm. one, but it was... To your point, like Michael Scott was just goofy most of the time. And most of the stuff he did was dumb. And there'd be flashes of showing him like actually knowing what he was doing. Where here, Leslie is, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she wants. She might not have the awareness that everyone around her doesn't have the same excitement. But you can see that she is accomplished. That she is someone that people would follow because she's not stupid. She's just really excited. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, right. The, par- the parallels yeah. of the two shows start to fall away. Right, which is good because I think, you know, because I think the original plan was Amy Poehler was going to be the female Michael Scott. And it just, it. to your point, there are certain episodes of The Office I can't watch because mm-hmm. it's so cringy and I'm just like, I can't. And I, at least from season two and beyond, never had that issue with Parks and Rec. Because, again, she's so excited. It's never her doing something stupid. It's her just being so unaware of how people are around her that they don't share the same excitement. I know we said this before, but I don't like when shows are making fun of its own characters in a mean way. And and that's when I get uncomfortable when I'm like, oh, you're you're making fun of her. Um, But she's my girl. Like, I I like her. Don't make fun of her. Um, whereas if she just does something awkward and funny and stupid, I'm like, ha ha, that's hilarious. Um, right. Totally but it's not the show just like bashing, you know, her on the head. Right. And I feel like this is the first episode where you see that, where they're not, they're showing her doing silly things, but not making fun of her. They're putting her in a funny situation that she has to make the exactly. most of. And I felt yeah. this particular episode felt incredibly rounded where yeah. you like, even Ron Swanson, like there he is with his ex wife's sister and right. that's not really much made of it but it's lit that's hilarious right um and they're just in the background like dancing and having a great time but you get a sense of like the whole world of these people even when they're celebrating his leg cast coming off and they're having fun together you really have a sense that they're friends and they're having a good time and yeah. it doesn't feel so stilted i think yeah. some of the episodes felt very like and now here's the funny part and now we're doing this and this one felt like a world like i was just following these people in a world and i i like i like that like i like that feeling of you know just your point them. about like the snl feel it felt like previous episodes felt like there was story and then bits. Totally. This just felt like a story. Right. And the bits there were included, but they were part of the story. They right, like the old, the, like, the, hey, the a funny old, scene that we're going to just hammer in there. Exactly. The old man on the date, not, it didn't feel like a bit, even though it, it, it was hilarious. And it was definitely a little bit right. in terms of like the structure, but the way that it seamlessly uh, cut right. back and forth, um, he felt like a real person. It felt like a real thing that happened. It was, right. yeah. 
Yeah. I love the wine, the wine um, being poured over and over again. <laughs> been feeding a her piece of chicken and her oh well i mean yeah, that was the closest that something came to a cringeworthy moment but it wasn't cringeworthy i just felt terrible for her i was just like oh you poor thing you have because to she it. reacted the way that we would react like that right. was she's such the every woman in that scene because you're just like he you can tell that she kind of feels sorry for him she's not she's not giving in she's not like i'm gonna you know go on another date with this guy but she's just like oh he thought it was a date and and yeah. he really wants me to eat this Fucking chicken. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's really good. It's really good chicken. <laughs> and I, I think that, again, that was a great, I, I'm trying to remember the line now, but it was, he said, oh, I love this restaurant. And she said, oh yeah, it's great for business meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good. Um, apparently, so back to the improvs, most of Chris Pratt's dialogue was improvised, um, including the rationale of why he kept the cast on for two more weeks. Um, the line that where he said, I really, really like it when you serve me food. He made that up on the spot. That was just him making it up, which is, it was perfect. I mean, you couldn't come up with a perfect line. I mean, that is Andy in a nutshell. Like everything right. is just kind of about him. Um, I also like that his band wasn't terrible. Like it, right. it was a decent band. Right. Uh, he, he's not... He's not, a t- so you could be like, oh, okay, maybe she liked him when he was like the leader of the band. He was cool. Because right. really, I, I mean, that, that's stretching it for me. I'm like, I do not know why this woman is with this guy. He has right. no redeemable qualities whatsoever. His band's not that good. <laughs> it's like, and there was, and there was, again, to, you know, from the previous episode where Mark became more relatable, where he was telling Anne, I don't get you to like, I don't like none of us do. We're all watching this thing. What do you, but again, we know, we don't know the history. We don't know how they met. Maybe they, she went to one of his performances and liked him and he's, you know, he's sweet and he's kind of goofy, but you know, he means well for the most part. And, um, but yeah, we don't have that backstory. So all we see is him kind of taking advantage of her, her allowing it, but also on the other hand, being, a tough independent woman, which well, again is not, he loves taking care of people, obviously, you know, for sure, for sure. Um, but it's just interesting again, to see that you again, you show all of a sudden he's not just a doofus. He's someone who has a talent, right? He has an ability. He's, you know, writing songs, he's performing, he's got a nice sound. He's got a nice voice. Um, apparently. So the interesting thing is, I don't know if you noticed, um, the bassist, uh, the bassist was Alan Yang. Oh, I did notice that. And then the, the other guy, one of the other guys looked familiar too. He's uh, yeah. So Alan Yang, a uh, writer on um, Parks and Rec. He obviously did um, Master of None with Aziz Ansari. And then I think it was his movie that came out about, I think it was about his family that he wrote and directed. Yes. That's right. I didn't see that, but I always loved it. So I got great reviews. Um, but yeah, so that was him. Apparently he actually plays the bass. All the performers, were playing their own instruments. Originally, they were. Definitely tell that um, Chris Pratt was really playing, like that he really yeah. had to play, do a little riff. Yeah. Um, and apparently, he wrote. So the the drummer actually, who was on an improv group with Aziz and Zari, he wrote most of the songs. Um, and apparently, they all played. They actually originally they were going to do it like in a sound studio and just you know dub it over, but then they thought it looked better, so they actually were playing live in those scenes and they shot it twice and actually and michael sure said he wanted to shoot it like a, a music video so they're actually playing there um the only two songs that chris pratt wrote were Anne, 
Which, which didn't take much. was such a great scene because it was so blatant that he didn't have a song or he hadn't written yeah. a song about yeah. Anne. He just had a, some noodling that he had done and he just throwing the word Anne in occasionally, which is so good. And then um, when he was sitting on the couch playing the guitar with his legs still in the cast and he was singing about the sandwiches the and the lamp, he wrote, that was stuff that he wrote himself. <laughs> uh, but again, to your point, like it makes a difference when they're actually playing. Like I remember... I think it was the movie Wimbledon with Paul Bettany and um, Kirsten Dunst. And it was blatantly obvious that neither of them had ever picked up a tennis racket in their lives. It's so and awkward it just, when that happens. It's so, it just, you, it just takes you away. You're like, ballet what? movies when the person it's, it's not even about like the ballet technique. It's just the fact that you can tell that they don't move their body like a dancer. You know what I mean? Where you're right. Like all of a sudden they're, it's a, you know, dancing where you don't see their face at all. And you think, I mean, come on, like Tom Cruise is what he is, but it makes a difference when he's doing all those stunts himself <laughs> because it looks really cool that he's hanging onto a plane and it's a close up of his face on the plane. And now he's going to be in outer space. So, <laughs> but so it makes a difference that they're actually playing, that he's actually singing, like it looks real. But again, you see Andy, oh, Andy has a talent. We weren't really sure of that, but he's good at something. Um, and then the uh, Aubrey Plaza, who again, it, it's it's interesting because Aubrey Plaza is much bigger starting season two and beyond. You really you haven't seen anything with her lately. Well, that because uh, you know the, the credits start, and she's one of the names of not very many people who are in the credits, and you right. never she she did nothing in this entire episode except for that one yeah. funny line yeah. about her her not boyfriend. Which apparently she made up her, she came up with that idea herself that she was going to have a gay best friend that she made out with every once in a while, That's which funny. is very funny. And then she that also improvised funny. a line about understanding Andy's music, um, which, um, which is interesting and, and will be interesting later on. Um, I can't oh, you know, when they were celebrating his, uh, when he came and, and he was saying, like, I don't like to, to, to put names on it. I'm like a Matchbox 20 with a, and he said, oh, so you're rock. Well, I don't like putting it. So you're, you know, indistinguishable rock or whatever he called it. Like if, and then, and Aubrey Plaza, means, you know, oh, I get it. <laughs> no, you don't. But she improvised that. But again, it's, it's, I'm looking at it from the prism of having seen all seven seasons. And I'm like, I don't, Ron Swanson's barely in this. Uh, Aubrey, you know, April's barely in this. Donna, Jerry, they're basically there, but you you know, I know them yeah. because I know them from future. Right, they don't now see if I was watching them, I wouldn't you don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um so it's interesting that that they changed the focus of the show to bring in more characters. Which I actually main, like I like it. So it was like the that. main the characters who are in this episode, do they feel different from the characters they will become when they become fine wine and settle into themselves or or do, are you able to kind of go with it and be like, oh, yeah, these are the same. Andy is much more of a douche. He is a douche. Like I, I really, like, strongly dislike him. Like, you're like, yeah. oh, he means well. I'm like, he does not mean well. There's nothing. Again, this is the prism. Yeah. Is, he is the most selfish. Season. Yeah. Totally. Of a douche. <laughs> and honestly, truly, like, I was surprised watching this because I'm like, this is not the Andy I know. Like Andy is a goofball and he's kind of dopey, but in later seasons, he legitimately tries and he means well and he wants to help people and he wants to be people's friend. Like here, he's just a pretentious douche who thinks he's amazing. And yeah, I mean, to, to, to have your girlfriend get so mad at you that she kicks you out of the house and then be laughing 
when someone else falls down into a pit, yeah. breaks their neck basically, and then jump onto a couch and be laughing immediately later. So you're like, you're a special breed of human and I don't want right. to know you. Right. <laughs> you're like, right. you, I, if I were him, I'd be concerned about the fact that my girlfriend just is, is angry that I've hurt her feelings that much. Right. Like, no, he doesn't right. care. And so, so he is, again, Ron and April and the others, we don't know. So they change in the sense that we actually get to know them. Um, but the only one who is different character-wise or becomes different character-wise, Andy, is he does not remain this much of a jackass. He, he, he's, he becomes a, a – maybe you can't relate to him because he's not the brightest bulb in the tree. To he's, like, he's, a, metaphor, he's a nicer – Much nicer version yeah, of this. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think I know the answer, but is the worm calling you back at least? The worm, you know, I'm not hooked, obviously, right. but I definitely was like, oh, I like these people, and I'm, I'm, I want her to get that park. And I think that's the thing about this show is that the, at the end of the day, there's all this human drama, but as an audience, we really have to want her to get that park. You know what I mean? Right. Cause that's the premise. I mean, that's the whole thing. And, um, that kind of had been lost in the middle of this season. Um, and not that I want every episode to be about her getting that park, but you want to feel that drive from her, um, right. which makes her so likable and, and be like, she's going to succeed. Um, so I definitely, I definitely was brought back into her world and I definitely like some of the other characters. I still want more from Anne. I'm like, Anne, what's your deal? Who are yeah. you? Um, but with, with Mark and Leslie, I felt them real. And I was like, oh, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do next. Um, yeah. And so that was good. And I, um, yeah, and I liked meeting, um, uh, what's his name? Zari's character? I was, I'm forgetting it. Tom Haverford. Tom, Tom, of course, Tom. I liked meeting his outside world of his wife. So I'm like, oh, okay, there's some rounding. Uh, yeah. yeah, so not hooked. Uh, definitely like, oh, that's a sweet worm. I can see how someone would like that. <laughs> right. You, you have at least turned around. You are yeah. no longer swimming away. You may not be swimming towards it, but no. you're at least looking. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get this. Like, oh, night. But maybe, it maybe I'm a little hungry. And it totally makes sense that the ratings went down and then, but the people who saw that last episode came back to watch again right. um, because they are memorable characters. She's a very memorable character. Sure. Um, and, it's, and, these, and these people as actors, they are incredibly talented. Oh, and so even when it's not great in terms of the structure and, and the comedy of the show, they can still pull it off because of who they are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if there was anyone else, this show probably would have been canceled three episodes in, but because it's them, you know, they're able to at least tread water until the show can really hit its stride and then they take off exactly. season two. And then, and then, no, go ahead. Season two also, they bring in a couple new characters who, in in my opinion and, and my wife's opinion, that's when it really hits full steam ahead. Right. Yeah, it does feel like it's missing a few little holes somewhere. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's very smart of them and every, every show should do this to end on a kiss, but that's not going to happen. Like, because right. everybody wants that kind of, um, Ross, what's her face from Ross and Rachel. Uh, yeah. Ross, Rachel thing where you're like, are they going to, or, or, you know, where it's like, <laughs> are they, are they not, are they? And so for them to end really strong on, and it not being just, um, a passing kind of 
she's lusting after him at the bar or something. Cause yeah. that's not interesting, but to see them actually, where you are like, Oh, they actually have chemistry. Like they're actually yeah. they're They, in that way that, um, her mom was joking that she would connect with the, the code, um, code guy, old, old man. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, that they, that they, Mark, she and Mark actually do connect over right. urban planning and right. that's funny. They make each other laugh. And so the fact that they en- ended with that kind of like love thing, that always brings people back because right. people, that's what people want to see. They want to know. I think, and, and it was obviously a trope from, from the nineties and before, and, and it's, and after, frankly, um, but it always bothered me, like with the Ross and Rachel thing, and, and um, Shanna's watching Big Bang Theory now, and and, and Leonard and um, Kaylee Cuoco's character, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. I've never seen that. The show. on again, off again. I know you do it for conflict, but there's so much conflict that can arise from just being a couple. I know. I hate that. Too. I hate on. And it makes no sense can, to me. That I think you can do on again, off again twice, and then I'm out. You know what I mean? If you do it again, even then, like to me, like I, I don't, I don't even know that you need to do it at all. Like you can have yeah. an argument and maybe it's not off, but maybe it's just such an, a big argument that, you know, they have to like take some space, but I mean, it just, it always bothered me. Or they're just annoyed. It's, like they're it's not so old yeah. and boring. It's like, ugh. totally, you know? It, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm glad to see, I feel like there are more, more shows who are moving away from that. And they're finding the conflict in the couple who it turns out they don't agree on something like, oh, my God. And that's a, you know, something like that. Like there's or, so much. Right, or, or one of them hurt one of the other and they have to live with each other now for, you know, and get over that. And how do you get over that as a couple? And that's much right. more interesting. I totally agree. So yeah. and it'll be, and it'll, I mean, again, I'm not trying to give everything away, but but you'll see. I mean, they, they follow that a little bit with Parks and Rec where a couple gets together and then they're together. And that's it. Well, that's good. Um, and so it's, 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 and I like that because it's, and to me, it's more realistic. It's more, you know, I don't know of many people and maybe this is a knock on me. I don't know that many people who have been in those situations where they are on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again, and then eventually get together. Right. No, it's like, usually that means that you need to move on. <laughs> right. If you're on again and off again, multiple times, there's a reason you get off. So totally. perhaps just, you know, but anyways, so, so you're not hooked. Not hooked, but, but it does not look like a disgusting worm. No, <laughs> nor limp. That's good. And I will, it'll be very interesting when we start season two, if it is as I remember and if it grabs you as I hope, feel it will. Interesting. So even in the first episode, it, it starts off running, loping. I mean, Leslie, as, again, I haven't watched it. Leslie is Leslie now. She's not going to go back to being Michael Scott. Like she uh-huh. is Leslie. Um, that makes me. I think you'll like that, and then I think there will be other characters developed where you'll be interested in them as well. Where now you'll yeah, be. You really, them we moved away in the last two episodes. We were not in the office there, not not the show, the office, but right. in the office. Right. There weren't that many episodes in the workplace. Yeah, very few. In the, it was very heavy in the beginning, so it, it'll be nice to go back there and be like, "Oh, who are these other people?" Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how. I'll be interested to see once we start season two, how, again, I assume, I think you're going to get hooked. It'll be interesting to see when that happens. And Um, does Michael Schur direct more in the future? I believe he does. Yeah, I believe he does. Um, Because that might make a difference too. I mean, I think that he really likes people. um, Yeah. 
you can. And I also wonder, like he created this show with Greg Daniels, um, Greg Daniels, who you know worked on The Office. And I wonder if the show tacks more towards Michael Schur and moves away from the cringiness of a Greg Daniels. I don't know enough about them to know if this is the case, but I wonder if that's what happened where the show became much more of a Michael Schur brainchild mm-hmm. and Greg Daniels, if he's more of a cringe humor, if it kind of, if they, it's still there, but not as much. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, if that happens a little bit now that, that Michael Schur is directing and, and, and if they're, if they're letting characters ad lib a, a bit more that the actors themselves are, becoming these characters in a way that dictate a little bit more of how they react to things, what they do and, and being really warm, full humans, as opposed to just saying bits. Um, And that will, you know, obviously if it, with with Amy Poehler really having a sense of who Leslie is, then Leslie will always be less, less, you know what I mean? Right. Um, So interesting. All right. Um, so you're, you're, you're still there. You probably wouldn't be watching. I'm not, I am not sad to watch the next episode. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> we'll, take we'll take it. You're not sad to look at a worm. That's, that's, that's all we're looking for. Really. <laughs> It'll be, well, I'm, I'm I'm you have made me curious because I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm again, I, I, yeah, it is fascinating to me that we stuck it out and that we were excited for season two looking back on it. Cause I'm thinking this, this is just, I think about it. Like that was like. pre, I mean, I think that was pre like Netflix and oh, of course, yeah. Amazon. So it's not like there was tons of other fare. No, this is true. To. And if you happened upon it again, you're like, Oh yeah, these characters are cute. Um, but it does mean that because it was pre those things, it means that it was appointment television. Oh, that's we were true. making it a point yeah. of saying at this time on this day, we are sitting in front of the TV to watch this show. Uh huh. So it's interesting to me. Now, we were also hooked on The Office at that point. So I don't know if – I can't remember if Parks and Rec came on after The Office or if it was the same block. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to me because this this show – again, this last episode is the first time where I think, oh, this is the Parks and Rec that I really love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I hope you will love too. <laughs> I might totally love it. You might. <laughs> you shall. Uh, so – that wraps up season one of Parks and Rec. Um, stay tuned for uh, the next episode, which will be season two, and we'll see what you do with that worm. Well, uh, it was a fun ride, and uh, I'll I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, on the other side of the zoo. <laughs> Ugh, what a world we live in. All right, peace, peace. It really is. I don't know why we stuck with the show because it's not <laughs> great right now <laughs> it's really it's it's just it's very interesting to me we obviously saw something in it that we enjoyed but, yeah, well, uh, yeah. that's interesting and now going back because you guys have watched it a couple times but so many times. going back with a critical eye of being like wait a second now i will say i do think the last couple times we watched it again i think chan started at a specific moment that she knew that she li- liked that he knew that this is where I loved it and then went from there. Like we've done that with The Office where Shan will start when the episode where Jim asks Pam out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when they actually get together. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, so it's, so there. Oh yeah, without Anyways. Jim and Pam. I mean, I, I haven't even watched all of The Office, but without Jim and Pam, there is no off. It's nothing. It's, yeah. Yeah.